Welcome to Around the Diamond, Ottawa's source for baseball talk. This is Shortstop Junior Rojo with the Rockland Boulders. This is your boy Reggie Abercrombie. Hey, this is your boy Coop. This is Josh Wood. Hey, what's up? It's your boy Kenny Bryant from the Ottawa Champions. This is Quebec Capital's third baseman and pitcher Lachlan Fontaine. Hey, this is Ottawa Champion second baseman Albert Cartwright all the way from the Bahamas. You're listening to Around the Diamond with my man Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9. Profiling players' careers and their life outside of baseball. Now, here's your host, Diamond Dante. Seb high and deep to right, and that's out Cartwright, and that's a walk-off single. Albert Cartwright wins the ballgame. Mastro Berti comes in to score. Duarte up the middle, and that's the ballgame. Wilson, the one-two, big cut, and he struck him out. Wilson back-to-back strikeouts on a slider in the dirt. Tissenbaum swings at that one. And your co-host. Chambers flying into third with a triple. Chambers is back. He looks up and it's off the top of the wall. Fires it back into second base. And they got him. Chambers slaps it the other way. Louis Cardinals World Series champion Adron Chambers. In the air to left, well hit. Back is Craig. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. We welcome you to the 39th edition of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079, Ottawa's new music. And, of course, a lot of moves going on in the last week in terms of at the winter meetings in Major League Baseball. But we have a very special guest to bring on to tonight's show. So it's going to be a full hour talking with a very special guest and a very good friend of Adron's. I'm your host, Diamond Dante. To my right is my co-host, the man they call AD, St. Louis Cardinals World Series champion Adron Chambers, also here with us this evening to bring on... One of his very special friends and joining us over the phone is uh, the man that Adron actually had the chance to celebrate the 2011 World Series with, and that's San Diego Padres. Edwin Jackson joins us on Around the Diamond to talk about his career. Before we get into things, over the course of 14 Major League seasons, Edwin made his Major League debut in 2003 at the age of 19 with the uh, the L.A. Dodgers. Since then, he's played for 10 Major League teams, was named an All-Star in 2009, Three no hitter in 2010 and has won a World Series. Edwin, thanks for taking the time. Welcome to the show. Don AD, man, it's a pleasure to be here. It's excited to be on with you guys. Hey, once again, appreciate th- it, man. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. Yeah. So um, to start things off, I want to go back to your early days of your career. But uh, just to do a little bit of, of a background check, Edwin, it says you're from Germany. So how does that kind of work out? Were you born there and then you moved over to the U.S.? Yeah, I was born uh, born in Germany um, due to the fact that my father was in the military. But uh, I do like to claim Columbus, Georgia. You know, that's where I spent a majority of my childhood. And, uh, that's the only place that I can think that I, out of all my traveling that I can really call, you know, home. But uh, I'm glad to be, you know, a Georgia native and everything else is good, man. And, and I've been on a move since then. It, maybe it's predestined for the military life. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you speak about being on the move. You've been through a, a lot of MLB organizations and a lot of teams, but we'll get to that later in the interview. But uh, just to start uh, to start things off, of course, um, you played baseball in high school. You were then scouted by the Dodgers, drafted in the sixth round. Before we ask you about getting drafted, um, in high school, did you have, did you play any other sports as well? I played a little football in my earlier high school years, but uh, we weren't really much of a throwing passing team, so I stopped playing football and I just focused on baseball. So when you were drafted in high school by the Dodgers in 2001, did you have any any college offers at the time, and what made you want to go straight into the system at that point? Because, you know, there's there's a lot of players that choose, especially in back in, you know, the early 2000s, as soon as they get drafted, they say, oh, maybe I'll get, you know, a little bit more of a signing bonus by going to college and then getting drafted a little bit higher. What was your kind of thought at that point? Honestly, um, honestly, I had no clue that I was getting drafted. You know, um, my best offer for college was UAB, where I had signed on to. And actually, that came towards the end of the baseball season. You know, so I wasn't one of those highly recruited players. I don't have the fairy tale story where, you know, I've been looking at my whole life or people have been watching me since, you know, ninth grade. Um, you know, I kind of threw myself out there and worked hard and I, had, I was fortunate enough to have a couple players on our team, you know, that were getting scouted and, you know, I was kind of the diamond in the rough that, that made myself, myself stand abroad and be seen and, you know, came, came, um, once we once we graduated, uh, you know, the call came from the Dodgers that I had been selected in the sixth round. So um, it, it was definitely a surprise because I had no clue that I was getting drafted. So from there, I had the option, you know, either go to college or, you know, start my lifelong journey. And here I am today, you know, 14 seasons later, still still trucking. E, what? So what would you say was um was the eye opener that made you? that made you want to commit to baseball then, since you say you didn't know? Because I was kind of in the same boat, too. I played football coming up, and football was my passion. So what was it that, that happened, you know, maybe after the draft, that was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and make this, uh, I'm going to ride this train? Uh, honestly, man, you know, um, I, I felt like I was an athlete. You know, I felt like I can I can do multiple sports if I put my mind to it. For sure. But um, somehow baseball was a sport that I excelled at, so that you know, I just took by the horns and ran with it. Like I say, I had no clubs going to get drafted. I, I was pretty much I was a position player. I was an outfielder. Started off at shortstop through my earlier high school, um, you know, terms. Then my 11th grade year, I was utility. I would go from outfield to infield. 12th grade, you know, I just I went to the outfield where I can where I don't start and you know just kind of let myself be seen. I was a little skinny dude. I wasn't real big, but I had pop. <laughs> you know, I could hit. Um, I had a strong arm, which which kind of persuade, you know, teams to want me as a pitcher. So I was, I was one of those players that, you know, teams wanted as, as a two-way player to say, you know, some people wanted me as a hitter, some people wanted me as a pitcher. And um, kind of kind of took that approach going into spring training. I just really didn't know what I was going to be. But, uh, you know, they told me pitchers made it faster, and I was up for the challenge whatever got me to the league the fastest. That's in the natural athlete. That's what's up for real. I, uh, and I can vouch for that too. Uh, natural ability, you know, being able to throw as hard as you do, and uh, seeing batting practice for my own eyes. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's what's up. Kind of similar to me too. Is that right? You know, yeah. blue mode. Hey, blue mode. Exactly. Get, like, get some hits in there. Make some hits in there. That's what I'm talking about. Joining us here on Around the Diamond is uh, former St. Louis Cardinals World Series champion Edwin Jackson. Also threw a, a no hitter. 
uh, with the Arizona Diamondbacks in 2010 against his former team in the Tampa Bay Rays. Once again, we'll get to that later on in the show. Uh, but one guy that has came on this show who played in the major leagues, you might have played against him, Reggie Abercrombie. He played three years between 2006 and 2008 uh, with the Florida Marlins. And he was a guy that had mentioned that he got drafted straight out of high school and then went to the big leagues. And he said that, you know, he had no fear of leaving home and didn't kind of second guess his ability to go straight to the minor leagues. Did you have any second guess going straight from high school to the major leagues or even to the minor league system? Nice question. Yeah, Reggie Reggie is a good friend of mine, uh, Columbus, another Columbus native. Right, yeah. Honestly, um, honestly, I, def- I definitely had no fear of leaving the house. Um, I-, I was one of those people that's always ready to leave the house, ready to be on my own, ready to venture out, you know, and see what life is all about. Um, you know, being in high school, people think they kind of – know what life is all about, but you really don't know what life is all about until you go out and you venture and you make mistakes and you learn from your mistakes and you grow as a person. And uh, I, I was definitely up for the challenge to do that and, you know, see where my career would take me. Um, I know I had an opportunity in front of me that a lot of people don't have a chance to, to have, so I wanted to um, to go out and, and go for gold, you know, shoot for, shoot for past the moon and, and see how far could I excel in the game of baseball. Major League pitcher Edwin Jackson here for us on Around the Diamond. Alongside me is uh, former St. Louis Cardinal Adron Chambers. Now, Jack, uh, Edwin, once you, you reached the system, you went from rookie ball to the big leagues in in a span of three years. And, you know, that goes to show that the Dodgers staff uh, kind of made a mistake drafting you in the sixth round because you were a top <laughs> prospect uh, coming up through the system. So when once you got there and realized, you know what, I'm a six-round pick, I'm going to you know show these guys what I got, what was your mentality at that point and showing you know the front office that you know I'm here to stay? Um, honestly, I mean, you, you give, a, you give a, a, a person from the country, you know, 100-plus thousand. Um, I didn't really care what round I went in. But all I knew was I had an opportunity, you know, to have a little stability, um, you know, coming from high school, being able to say, okay, I can sign a deal. Um, I didn't. I didn't. The round I went in, it didn't really matter. Um, who was ahead of me, it didn't matter. All I know is I had my foot halfway in the door, and you know I had an opportunity to, to push my way through, as I did. And uh, that's all you can ask for. You know, it's an opportunity. Um, it's a lot of people wishing they had the opportunity in life, you know, to be in the position that we're in. So everything else was irrelevant. You know, I just wanted to go in and 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 take advantage of my opportunity, seize the moment. You know. Now, now, Edwin, I want to mention something here. I, in, in high school, I had the chance to uh, to be coached and to also be taught as a as a gym teacher. My gym teacher was a guy who played AAA with the Colorado Rockies. He was drafted in the seventh round in 1997. And you speak about you getting you know, over 100,000 plus right out of the sixth round. He was a seventh round pick and, and was given 50,000. So obviously times have changed from then on. If you could say one thing about the minor leagues to any kids that are coming up through the system, of course, uh, with the you know the bad spread, and of course, Adron knows this as well. You know, being played in the indie leagues and as well in the minor leagues, and as for yourself, what's that one thing that you could kind of say as a piece of advice to any young kids, you know, coming up in the system? Um, use use everything that's around you for motivation. Nice. You know, um, you hear about the talk in the big leagues, and it pretty much is the life. So everything you're dealing with, all the adversity, you know, um, don't get mad about it. Uh, use it in a positive way to, you know, to get out of the situation you went and be in a better situation. You know, use it to work harder. Use it to, you know, be the first one there, be the last one to leave. You know, go go about things the right way and go on the field and ball. You know, use it to go go show yourself. You know, we, we have to be a salesman. We pretty much sell ourselves by going out and being productive on the field. 
Going back to what you were saying too, because um, I feel everything you're saying. Just coming up, you know, as a ball player in the minor leagues myself, <clears throat> being drafted in the sixth round. You know, I was drafted in the thirty eighth round. Hmm. So you know, I already know I had some, you know, some 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 proving to do. I guess I can say. Did you ever feel like? I mean, you threw a no hitter, a no hitter, man. So you know, in my eyes, you one of the greatest pitchers to ever play the game. You know, that's hard to do. So. You know, was it any kind of like, you know, uh, uh, proving that you felt like you needed to do the kind of you think that kind of boosted you over to, OK, man, I'm, I'm going to the major leagues. Uh, going back, like I said about myself, you know, I, I always thought whatever level I was at, I was in St. Louis. That's what I put in my mind. I was in St. Louis. Did you ever have that kind of, you know, mindset or, or what was your mindset in going through the minor leagues? Like you said, three years, that ain't nothing. You know what I'm saying? You know, going through a yeah. system. I mean, at that time, man, I had a little chip on my shoulder, honestly, because I, I went, I went, um, you know, I went through a whole spring training with A-Ball, and I still, after spring training, I, I had a good spring training, and I still got sent back to extend it. So, you know, instead of instead of blowing up, getting mad about it, you know, I definitely feel like I have something to prove, but I also have something to prove to myself. Nice. So I, I feel like if, if you prove if you prove it to yourself that you can go out and give 110%, and everything else is going to fall in place. You know, um, we can get mad at other people and we can do things for other people, but if we don't do stuff for ourselves, then it's, it doesn't matter. You know, we can go out to prove the world won't, I mean, the world wrong, but if you don't go out and prove that you can do what it takes to get where you want to be, then it, then it doesn't matter. So you have to help yourself before, you know, you can help anybody else. So, But you learn that as, as time goes on. You know, I didn't have that attitude as a young guy. You know, I've had times where, I've been resentful of things that are happening, and I let it affect me. But as you get older, you have, you have to realize that, you know, you can't get mad about stuff. Take it and use it as a positive and, and prove everything to yourself because we're in the major league, so obviously they know what we can do. You know, we have to go out and, and prove it to ourselves day in and day out. Amen to all of that right there, brother. <laughs> For real. Well, there you have you it. So Edwin Jackson joining us here on Around the Diamond played for you know ten plus MLB organizations uh, across uh, his major league career also through a, a no hitter but after a strong Double A campaign in two thousand three you made your first big league appearance at the age of nineteen when you look back at that nineteen years old you know you talk about guys that are making big league appearances at nineteen right now Mike Trout Bryce Harper you look at uh, the most recent one with the Dodgers what did what, when you when when you first got the call. And Jim Tracy said, you know what, you're going to start this game. What did you think? Honestly, uh, everything happened so fast. I didn't really have time to be nervous. Okay. Um, I mean, I got the call. I was at home, and the minor league pitching coordinator, Mark Brewer, you know, called me. And he was like, I know what you're going to say. Actually, actually, it was Bill Pavese. Okay. It was the um, minor league coordinator. I mean, the minor league general manager. And um, he called me and asked if I needed to throw, would I be able to throw? And I was like, sure. I mean, our season had been over already like a week. So, um, but the the events the events happened so quick. How everything transpired, man. I, I honestly didn't have have a chance to be nervous until like my third start. It, it took a while for it to kind of set in, like what was going on. And um, only thing I wanted to do is just go out and, and I had a pitching coach, Marty Reed, and he was like, I'm gonna give you one piece of advice. You know, just don't show any emotions. He's like, whatever happens. Don't show any emotion. So I kind of just took that and rolled with it. And um, I had to think of it as a double-A game. 
because if I thought of it as anything else, then I was going to go. I was going to try to do too much. I was going to pitch nervously, and that's something that you didn't want to do. You just kind of want to go out and, and let your natural ability flow. And, and when you say, like, uh, you know, everything was like in, a, in a kind of a fog, you meant like catching a flight, you know what I'm saying, having to fill out your teammates when you get there. It was almost like if the game or your teammates, the team was more important than you just getting in your feelings and things like that, worrying about doing good. You was more worried about, you know, being a team player and doing what you got to do to, you know what I'm saying, help the team. Man, honestly, I was a little kid in a, in a club. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. You know what I'm saying? For I sure. was coming around like my son is your age. Right. So, I mean, I was just kind of soaking it in. And, and me being the person I was, I didn't really care the age. I didn't get, I didn't like getting left behind. I didn't like somebody being like, oh, he's 19, so he's acting 19. Or yeah. He's, he's acting 20. <laughs> yeah, I always wanted talk. to act above my age. Anyways, I wanted to carry myself as, as the crowd that I hang with. So um, that, that wasn't a problem. You know, it's just going in and keeping composure is the only thing you want to do. You know, just go in and act like you've been there before. You know, speak sure. when spoken to. You know, don't go in there. Don't make yourself be seen. Just kind of go with the flow. You know, act, act normal. Be yourself. Well, well, Edwin, you're pe- you're preaching to the choir right here because that's Adron the way he's acting around me yeah. all the time. He's always saying, "Listen, any, everyone that's older, you gotta listen." Crazy, crazy. I'm gonna tell you. Look, I was yeah. gonna say what this. Think he came around. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Check this. I got a story. I'm gonna say it right now, man. I remember the day that, and I'm gonna make it short too. I remember the day that you remember that coconut water I drank of yours. Yeah. You remember that? And you came and you looked at yeah. me in the outfield. Yeah. And, and I was like, I'm talking about directly in my eyes, like, yeah, you drank my coconut water, didn't you? <laughs> and I'm, in reality, in reality, though, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, I thought it was for the whole team. You know what I'm saying? I thought it was just some water I can drink. And you looked at me, dog, and, and for real, that, also, you probably didn't, didn't even know at the time, that helped me, you know what I'm saying, conduct myself around the locker room too, you know, because at the, I had to take responsibility of my own actions and the, own, the things that I was doing so we can make this thing work, man. But the way you looked at me, I thought you was about to knock me out, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, bro, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to spit all that coconut water back up. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate that, man. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. You helped me that. You helped me, you know what I'm saying, determine that. Right? I like that. Appreciate that. Yes, sir. See, see, that's what I like the most, all these stories that Adron brings to the show. But but that's going to wrap up this first segment of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. More still to come after this quick commercial break. When we come back, we're still going to be talking with Major League pitcher Edwin Jackson. That's coming up next on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Hey, this is Edwin Jackson, and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 39 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. We are still joined with Adron Chambers to my right and uh, Edwin Jackson, who was playing for the San Diego Padres last year, has uh, thrown a no-hitter and has also won a World Series. Edwin is still with us here on Around the Diamond to join us for our second segment uh, just to move on from that, there's there's a, there was a few veteran guys in that rotation that when you came up in the Dodgers system, you had the chance to, to maybe learn from. And I'm going to list off a few. Uh, Jeff Weaver, Brad Penny, even Derek Lowe. And one guy that stands out here was, uh, you know, Eric Gagne. Now, um, correct me if I'm wrong, you were known for your changeup as well as your fastball. You, you know, a lights-out changeup, uh, to, to put it with your, your, your 95, 97-mile-an-hour fastball. Now, 
at a young, uh, you know, 19, 20 years old, when you came up, who were some of the veterans in that, you know, rotation? It could even be a pitching coach or even the manager. Who was that one guy that kind of took you under their wing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I, I had a fastball slider. Uh, Gunye, Gunye definitely, you know, Eric Gunye definitely took me under the wings and showed me the way. Um, you know, I have the most outright respect for him. You know, um, he definitely didn't have to do that. It was, a, it was times that I've worked out with him in the off season and, you know, he showed me how to be a true professional pitcher. Um, you know, J- Jeff Weaver, I learned a lot from Weaves. Um, you know, even Jose Lima, you know, rest in peace, bless his soul. You know, um, just watching all those guys, man, watch the way they, they pitch and the way, you know, they dominate the mound and watch their mound. Um, you know, you sit back and you, you watch and you learn a lot. You know, those guys were some competitors. You know, they like to win. You know, they had that edge. They get mad sometimes, but you know that's because of the passion that they have for the game. Like, they want everything to be on point. So watching them and, and coming up around them, it definitely helped me a lot, you know, to, to learn not necessarily a pitcher, but how to carry yourself on the mound, you know, things to do, things what not to do. And, um, you know, I was just soaking it all in, honestly, man. I soaked it all in and soaked as much as I could and, and try to take that and see how it works with me and take it out on the field. Edwin Jackson here for us on Around the Diamond to talk about his major league career. Now, you, you mentioned you're really good slider. I guess I got to stop playing the video games because back in MVP <laughs> Baseball 2005 on the GameCube, you had a really good changeup. So I'm wrong on that, but I'm just going to give it the mic to Adrian after. Came that. along. Oh, there you go. Came hey. along. It came along as time went on. You know, it came along. <laughs> hey, check. I, I, need, I wanted to say this too, man, and I should have done it when he told me to or asked me to. Eric Gagne told me to tell you how to. He pitched. I'm over here and, and playing with the Ottawa champions this past season, and, and we are the champions over here, the, literally. You know, we're the, the baseball champions. But he pitched the last game over there for us, man, and mm-hmm. I, he came down sweating like a mug after pitching a great game. Too. Oh, yeah, really good. And, you know, he sat down and I asked him, you know what I'm saying, the guys that he knows, and he was like, you know, you know uh, Edwin Jackson? And I was like, uh, yeah, that's my partner right there, you know? And, and he was like, man, man, when you see him or hear from man, tell him I said what's up. So, you know, he definitely definitely sends his, his regards, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, to you. And he spoke uh, very, very highly of you, too. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Oh, boy, I got I to gotta give him a call. I got to see if the number's still the same. But uh, I know he's around the Arizona area somewhere, so I'll yeah. be bumping into him. Just ain't bumped into him yet, but I know he's around here. For sure, and he's, he's got a he's got a young son as well. We had seen in Ottawa when when I was uh, when I was interviewing him and talking to Ganya. Really great guy as well. Right. Um, now, if you could take us back to your first appearance as well, um, Edwin, who was the first batter that you struck out and the first team that you had faced against? Oh, it's tough. Uh, eh? The first team I faced. You said the, the first batter that I struck. I think my first strikeout was Raul Mondesi. Oh man, that's a good one. Uh, if yeah. I if I if I remember correctly. And what was the second question? Uh, I said the well. If you said it was Raul Mondesi, what team is, was he playing with at the time? Oh, it was it was, it was the Diamondbacks. Yeah, okay. I, made, I made my debut against the uh, Diamondbacks. Randy Johnson, you right? Know, squaring off with squaring off with good old Randy Johnson. Yeah, you one know? of my favorites. <laughs> were, you, were you speaking? Which was uh, yeah. look twelve feet tall on the mound. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, Edwin, you speak of uh, of Randy Johnson. Of course, later in the show, I'm going to ask you about you know so you're you have your name up there with Randy Johnson, but I'm just going to tease that right there for the listener. But in in, in that 2006 off season, you were dealt over to the Tampa Bay Rays for 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 a couple players and Lance Carter and Danny Baez. 
was that a, a tough transition for you moving over to Tampa from a contending team in the Dodgers to a rebuilding team? Of course, later down the road, you guys did make it to the World Series. But I want you to think that 2006-2007 season, you move over to the Rays. What, what was going through your mind? Honestly, um, I mean, I know some people, they, they get heartbroken about getting traded. They have certain feelings of... I honestly thought it's an adventure. Um, like I say, I'm used to picking up. I'm used to leaving, man. I'm a military brat. I'm used to being in a classroom for a couple months and picking up and moving to another classroom. So for me, like I say, I think the military, like, just it was, it was predestined for me to be a, a journeyman. You know, I can handle it. I'm a people's person. It's hard not to get along with me. Um, I don't really mind being in situations that I'm not comfortable in um, uh, just because I know, you know, I can, I can – make men's I can adapt to the environment that I'm in. So me getting traded, um, I mean, it was just another another chapter of my life, and I just took it as an opportunity to go out and, you know, pitch for a different organization um, that wanted me. Check. <clears throat> Talking about Tampa and moving and all that stuff, Joe Madden, man, yeah. you was over there with him, and him and, and the Chicago Cubs, I should say, winning the world champion. And you over there with him, uh, I was there too in Chicago. How, I mean, what what, what do you, I mean, being uh, uh, a part of what he has or what he brings to the baseball world, you know, what kind of, you know, respect or, or, or knowledge did he give you, did he give you, you know what I'm saying, in helping you play? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, happy that I had the opportunity to play with, you know, Joe Madden. He's a phenomenal man to me, it seems like. Uh, what What's your thoughts on, 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 you know, them winning the world champion uh, and coming from where he came uh, from? I'm happy for him, man. You know, uh, I know I have a lot of people like, oh, you just missed it by one year or you just missed being there for the World yeah. Series. But, I mean, I look at it as it wasn't meant to be for me to be there. You exactly. know, everything in life happens for a reason. But I'm definitely happy for them guys that, you know, they're able to come close it out and, you know, be the last man standing on the field, be a world champion, uh, have a lot of friends in the clubhouse. But I think the biggest thing about Joe, what he brings to the team, is the uh, the ability to keep players loose, and which is the biggest thing in today's game. You know, you have some managers that players walk on eggshells around. You know, he keeps the clubhouse loose, and he wants you to come in there and be comfortable. He wants you to be you, you know. And for a player to um, be, be enabled to come in and evolve – into where he's supposed to be is is uh, is, is huge in today's game. It's already enough pressure, you know, as it is, you know, to go out and be productive. Um, and and he stresses, go have fun, which is something that I think, you know, we get away from in the game of baseball is having fun just because everything is so serious. You know, you have to go out and be productive. But if you think about it, in high school. Yeah. Everybody that got drafted got drafted from going out straight from a classroom onto a baseball field. Right. <laughs> you know, it wasn't no hours and hours and hours of preparation. Mm-hmm. You had a game the same day you was in the classroom reading books and playing around in school. So I think it's one of those things to get lost sometimes is, is forgetting to have fun in the game that we play. But they want to be productive and winning is fun. Yeah, I like how you put that too. Now Edwin Jackson here for us on Around the Diamond. Uh, Made it to the World Series with the Rays, and we're talking about that right now. Of course, later on, uh, he did win the World Series with you, Adron, in 2011. We'll mention that in a bit. But, of course, uh, Edwin, when you went over to you know, the Tampa Bay Rays, you speak about Joe Madden right now with the Cubs. I want you to talk about him back then when you first stepped into that clubhouse and when he changed the atmosphere like a snap of, you know, snap of my fingers. <sighs> And brought you, you know, brought I mean, that team from from losing ninety five games to winning ninety five and making the World Series. 
Um, it was. I mean, the same person he is now is the same person he was then. Um, all about having fun. He wants things to be fun. He wants you to come in there. He wants music. He wants people to be loose. He wants people, you know, to do what you have to do to make yourself feel ready to play. Um, I mean, he takes the approaches. You in the major league house, you know what it takes to get your body ready. You know what it takes for you to be ready. And um, go do it. I mean, he definitely does things in an unorthodox way. But it works, you know, because, I mean, that's the, only, that's the way the world is. You know, everything changes. You know, um, he, he goes from having everybody to wear suits to, you know, look presentable, wear nice jeans and a, and a collar shirt and some shoes. And um, you, so it's just one of those things that keep you loose, man. Uh, and he, he stresses hustle. All he stresses is hustle. So it's not like you have a lot of rules that you have to abide by which shouldn't be hard, you know, as a, as a young man or even as an adult. You know, it shouldn't be hard to abide by, go out and play the game hard. So uh, it's just one of those things, man, that he brings to the table is that looseness around and the ability for people to come into their own and go play. Edwin Jackson here for us on Around the Diamond. Talk about his major league career. Now, right after that Tampa Bay Rays season, after making it to the World Series, and obviously uh, my assumption is that you wanted to stay with the team. You were then dealt over to another American League team, and that was the uh, it was the Tigers at that point. You went on to be an all-star that season. Can you tell us a little bit about that 2009 season? Obviously, you know, the Rays, knowing what type of franchise the Rays was, you were a young guy, you know, talented pitcher obviously they didn't have the money uh if you could say to pay you when you were looking for that contract so talk about that season going over to the tigers and, and becoming an all-star um i think that that two, 2009 season was a carryover from 2008 um okay. you know i was pretty comfortable with everything i felt pretty good um confidence was at an all-time high and um you know i was ready to go out and and you know go out and and, and deal and will you know uh, of course once Put good players around good teams and around good people. Good things happen. Uh, we had a great team in Detroit. You know, we had a lot of team chemistry. It was, it was a fun clubhouse. You know, Jim Leland, he made everybody he made everybody accountable. He would come in there and he would get on the best player like he would get on the worst player. So he didn't show any favoritism towards players, which you know everybody everybody respected that. And he let you go play the game. You know, he didn't worry about pitch counts. He didn't worry about that. You know, he asked you how you feel and. If you told him you feel good, he let you go out and prove yourself. And once you earned this, once you earned this trust, you know he let you go. And that was the biggest thing for us. You know, we knew we had his trust, so we knew we could go out and we didn't have to worry about coming out of game. We didn't have to look over our shoulders once we get in trouble. You know, as a starter, it was your game. Like, hey, it, it, once you've proven to him that you can handle it, it's your game to win or lose. And not to mention, we had a great team around us. I mean, we had four All Stars that year. You know, four All Stars from one team and. We went out and, you know, we played well. Um, unfortunately, you know, we had a one-game playoff. It was probably one of the wildest games I've been in aside from the World Series. And um, we fell short, you know. But I think that team, if we, if we get past Minnesota, man, I think we had, a, we had a real good chance, you know, going deep in the playoffs and possibly to the World Series. Now, one guy that you've been, you know, been a friend with for a long time, going back to when you played with the Tigers, and one of my all-time favorites, going back to when he played with the Florida Marlins, one is, of mine too. And, and one of Adron's as well, is Dontrell Willis. Yeah. Now, Dontrell Willis, from just watching him on the field and just the type of type of guy he was, was, was always loose, always having fun, good with the media, uh, just a great guy overall. I want you to speak on behalf of Dontrell Willis and the type of guy that he was on and off the field. 
Uh, Dantrell is one of those special people, man. Uh, he's one of those people that brings the energy to the clubhouse. He, he, he is the energy to the clubhouse. But beyond that, yeah. like, he knows the game. Like, he knows the game of baseball, which is why he's very respected in the game. But uh, his, his antics, his character on the field, you know, he, he's a prime example of keeping the game fun. Like what I what I spoke on earlier, um, always laughing, always full of emotion. You know, and probably the, the biggest smile <laughs> from most of the players that you see. But he was one of those people, man. That you know, he kept things loose around the clubhouse, and, and not only that, you know, he's hell of a pitcher. You know, uh, he's got some numbers that you know a lot of people don't have. He has numbers that I don't have that I'm still trying to get, and I looked up to that. And uh, I speak to him a lot, even nowadays, and I still ask him things about pitching. Just because he, he he knows the game, and you know he, he's commentating now, which is perfect for him, because he's well spoken and he's that energy that boosts the energy that you know people need around. Um, and obviously, he knows the game very well. But he's one of those guys, man, that you just sit and talk to him for a little bit, and he fills you with knowledge. You know, he fills you with knowledge in his own way, and you know, he keeps you ready to go. So right after you know. Right after going to Detroit, you know your your whole career, you were you were you were a top prospect, an All Star in 2009, and take us through that experience being traded another time. This time, uh, along with uh, it was it was involving you know Curtis Granderson in that one. You, you got traded over to the Arizona Diamondbacks, where you uh, you know s- started a different chapter in your career. So take us through that experience moving over from uh, a, you know a really good team in the Detroit Tigers with Miguel Cabrera and, and you know the likes of uh, Maglio Dornez and and, and uh, Guillen as well. So what was it like for you to move from the Tigers to Arizona? Um, you know, by this time, this is my third time, third time on the trade block, um, and you have to understand that the game is a business. Uh, you can't get too emotionally caught up in the game because it is a business. Uh, you see people traded all the time. Uh, I was kind of surprised that they broke up the team that we had just yeah. from the way that we played that previous year. Um, we trade a few all-stars. So, um, you know, definitely a business move. But, you know, going to Arizona, it was just, like I said, it was, a, it was another step step on the way. Um, I've, I've been a person I never really thought why, why, why I've always been a person that everything happens for a reason. Why ask why, just deal with it and, you know, continue to do what you have to do. Um, going to Arizona, it was a little different experience. Um, you know, I have been in a National League since, what, 2006? And now it's 2009, a few years later, you're back in the National League. Um, new team. Um, I just had signed a two-year extension, you know, to take me through arbitration. Um, and started off, and it started off slow, man. I started off, I started that whole year off slow. So it was, it was one of those years that, you know, dealing with adversity again. And, you know, on the grind, you know, you're grinding through games, you're grinding through games. Um, the team weren't really winning a lot. Um, it wasn't really a team that was expected to win a lot. So, I mean, it's kind of tough when you go out there and you're losing a lot of the games like we were losing. But, I mean, it's just one of those things, like I said, as a professional that you have to deal with and still have to take the mound every day like, like you know you're going to win. And that's just one of those things that you have to keep – as a, as a professional baseball player, period, because you set up the fail already. So you just have to keep that mind frame that regardless how things are going, you know, that something is going positive is going to happen and it's going to bring you back. Edwin Jackson is going to stay with us for our second segment, but this time to talk about how he threw a no-hitter against the Tampa Bay Rays. You're not going to want to uh, turn that dial away. 
because he's going to tell you about that coming up after this quick commercial break. You're listening to the 39th episode of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Hey, this is Edwin Jackson, and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 39 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. Once again, I'm your host, Diamond Dante. Joined to my right is Adron Chambers, who won a World Series with the St. Louis Cardinals in 2011. But also still joining us over the phone is Edwin Jackson to finish off our full one-hour story talk with Edwin Jackson, and we're at the best part. Edwin, June 25th, 2010. You know, hit your former team in the Tampa Bay Rays. In an unusual way, of course, uh, above all things, of course, you got the job done. Eight walks. But, Edwin, I'm going to play the clip of the call. And right after, you know, that call finishes, I want you to take us, you know, back to that moment when you got the final out. The 0-2 pitch. Fastball, ground ball, middle of the diamond. Steven Drew fields, fires. He did it! Edwin Jackson yes. just threw the second no-hitter in Diamondbacks history. Now, Edwin, that was probably one of your biggest achievements of your career, besides winning the World Series and being a part of that big, you know, 2011 team. Take us through what, you know, your mind when you finally got, you know, that no-hitter, which, uh, of course, probably growing up, you dreamed about it your whole life. Please add in, how do you throw a no-hitter with eight <laughs> walks, too? Please add in. Man, that's, um, that's, that's one, man. I, I describe that day as the, the best, the worst, most exciting day of my career. Um, I mean, definitely an unorthodox no-hitter. Um, definitely not the way you want to throw a no-hitter. But the way I look at it is if I walk eight people, that means I face more batters. That exactly. means the odds were way, harder, way yeah. down for me to throw a no-hitter. Exactly. But it's just one of those things to um, to let you know that you can do whatever you put your mind to. Anything is possible for you. I mean, the bullpen warmed up the whole game. I threw 149 <laughs> pitches. And my last pitch was probably still one of my hardest. So that was, I mean, that day right there was a day that just let me know that I'm, that I can do, you know, my body is capable, my body and my mind are capable of doing whatever I put my mind to, you know, um, and that was a a very, very fun day, you know, to be able to do it in in a place where I had played, a place where, you know, just had taken the team a couple years ago, helped get to a World Series, um, appearance, you know, it was fun. Um, like I said, I think it was predestined, man, because it's one of those things you can pitch the best game of your life and still not get a no-hitter. It's one of those. And that was my approach, you know, the last batter. is like, hey, if it's meant to be, it's going to happen. And let's go. And, and honestly, I tell people all the time, that was that was literally my approach before that last inning. If it's meant to be, it'll happen. Nice. And I took the field that way. Edwin Jackson here for us on Around the Diamond. Now to take... Uh, you threw something that happened that, uh, of course, you were traded over to the Blue Jays in your 2010 season after, you know, being acquired by the White Sox. And then we're flipped over to the Cardinals. Now, I'm gonna, Edwin, I'm going to tell you just from my personal experience. I remember I'm Italian, of course. That's why I was asking about Madden. Now, sitting on my on my nonna's couch, which is the uh, which is grandmother in Italian, and I'm watching TV and I see the update. Blue Jays trade for, for Edwin Jackson. They, they flip Jason Frazier the other way. And I'm thinking, finally... Finally, you know, the Blue Jays get some pitching. This guy comes over. He's going to help us make the playoffs. Five hours later, they flip you over to the Cardinals, which obviously turned out to be a, a huge trade because Adron ended up getting call, called up, and, and I, I thank I thank the trade for that. And you were traded over uh, for Colby Rasmus. So 
once you got over to the Cardinals from the Jays, I mean, take us through that whole day going from the Blue Jays and then to the Cardinals. And did you know that, you know, as soon as you got acquired by the Blue Jays that you were going to go straight to the Cardinals or did you think you were going to, you know, play in Canada? Um, that was one of those days, man. Um, I knew my name was on the trading block. So, you know, once you see DM start calling, you, you kind of figured that something, something was up. But I, I did kind of have a hint. You know, I kind of had a, a hint that I wasn't going to be with Toronto, you know, because they told me to stay put, you know, don't make any certain moves, you know, just kind of stay put till you hear back from us. So when they told me that, I figured there was another move coming. But, um, I mean, I was excited to go to St. Louis. Uh, I mean, it's one of those teams that have a winning tradition. So I knew, you know, that I was going to be in a hunt for a playoff playoff race, which is as a player, you know, something you always want to be in. You know, we play to win. So knowing you team with a winning tradition, you know, having a chance to win is is never a bad feeling. I'm <clears throat> I'm glad you even say about that tradition too, man, because you know when you got there, obviously names like Bob Gibson, Lou Brock. You know, Ozzie Smith, I don't know really was if Ozzie Smith was walking through the locker room knowing him and Tony. But at the same time, like having guys like that go through that locker room, was it anything that they said to you or kind of, you know, helped you with to kind of help you, you know what I'm saying, make the transition, you know, a little bit smoother? Because like you said, the Cardinals does have, they have one of the best organizations out there, you know what I'm saying? So that tradition that we talked with, that we're talking about, was it anything that they kind of gave you that you can remember from? from Lua Brock that they kind of said was and, and, and kind of, you know, motivated you with? I mean, honestly, man, just, just having a chance to having a chance to meet him. Yeah. You know, having a chance to, you know, sit in a room and have a conversation with, with those elite players, you know, those players right there that you hear in baseball history, you hear their names all the time, was, was enough for me. For sure. Um, you know, just to hear them tell you that, you know, they're excited that you're wearing you know, the St. Louis Cardinal logo on the jersey, and that you're playing for, you know, a team that's known for winning, you know, that was enough for me, man. Uh, you know, a lot, like I said, a lot of people don't get a chance to, you know, be in a room with that company. Yeah. So for me to just have that opportunity to be in a room with that company around those names, was, man, that was one of those things you just have to sit back and, and take a look at it, especially being me, like um, in my younger days being compared to Bob Gibson, like, oh, young Edwin Jackson, you know, it reminds me of young Bob Gibson. You know, even just to just to have your name yeah. <laughs> in the same sentence as, yeah. as, as Bob Gibson, you know, it's one of those things when you feel like you don't deserve it, but you just kind of try to take take it with for what it is, and you know, not necessarily live up to the hype, but live up to what you're able to do, and live up to play at your full potential and your full capacity. Once again, Edwin Jackson is going to stay with us going into our fourth segment, but this time to talk about winning the World Series with the St. Louis Cardinals. He's going to take us back to when David Freeze hit the triple right over the head of Nelson Cruz that scored Albert Pujols and Lance Berkman. You're not going to want to tune out for this. You are listening to the 39th edition of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Hey, this is Edwin Jackson, and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 39 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. We are still talking with Major League pitcher Edwin Jackson, but now he's going to tell us about winning the World Series 
with the St. Louis Cardinals in 2011. Of course, to my right is my co-host, Adron Chambers, who got to celebrate winning the World Series with Edwin Jackson in 2011. This is probably the best moment in your career, Edwin, and a really good one indeed because it had so much significance in baseball. One of the get best Game 6 with David Freeze hitting the triple over to Nelson Cruz's head. You go to the playoffs with the Cardinals. You play with Adron Chambers. You end up winning up the winning the World Series. Now, take me back to Game Six, and I have the clip here, so we'll play that first. But Game Six, runners at first and second. You got Lance Berkman and Albert Pujols on base. The best. Uh, well, they were good hitters, yeah. but not the fastest runners. <laughs> and Nelson Cruz decides to come in, and. David Freeze comes up to the plate with two strikes. Neftali Flees, one of the best closers at the time, and of course, Edwin, you had the chance to watch him as well, comes up, and I'm going to play the clip, and then I want to hear your reaction right after that. Hold on. And, and on, on top of that, I heard a story. Andy Chavez was on the Rangers team. He said he was, he was supposed to go into right field for Cruz, you know, that inning, but he didn't even go uh, – uh, uh, they, they didn't make the, tra they didn't make the uh, switch. But go ahead. Where did you meet Andy Chavez? In uh, Bridgeport. Oh, Bridgeport. In Bridgeport. Right. Now, Edwin, of course... That still uh, made me tingle, man. Yeah, listening back to that, probably one of the biggest moments in, in baseball history. I remember watching that game when I was a kid. What, were, what, was, what was going through the team's mind at your, uh, and also as, uh, as well as yours? Man. Whew, I think, I think we were standing time. next to each other, too, Ed. I think we were standing right next uh, to each other. Right, right there. <laughs> right there. I mean, honestly... I was thinking like, damn, this this is the season. All right, well, damn, this, this might be over now. What I'm going to do when I get home? You know, what do I have to do with it? And that ball is hit, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, and I'm watching this. It, 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 just, it all happened so fast, but it happened so slow. Right. And, and and when he jump and miss it, everybody, you just like, oh. And you like, go, and you just run, run, run. Tell the people to run, man. That, that was, honestly, that was the game seven right there. Right. We we knew the energy we had after that 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 was game seven. Like you know the the pressure was never it wasn't on us after that. You know we we came back and we won that game. The pressure was definitely you know on the other side of the on the other side of the field. You know you look in that dugout the whole game they they energized, super energetic. You know jumping up and down chanting and then all of a sudden you look in the dugout and it's just pins and needles over there. Wow and. We excited and we ecstatic and we jumping up and down, and man, that was that game six was game seven. That, that was, it felt like game seven already to us. We already felt like we had won, and you still can't go counter you know counter chickens before they hatch. But yeah. just the energy we came in, the the, the self esteem that we got after that, you know, the, the motivation that we got after that was to come in and just go ahead and finish them off while while they're hanging their heads down, you know, after that game. Now, Edwin Jackson here fussing around the diamond talking about winning the World Series with the Cardinals. And I'm going to go to that Game 7 where you guys won. It was 6-1 to one the final score. It was Jason Mott, one of the, the, I'd say one of the scariest guys on the mound <laughs> in terms of a closer. You know, white, uh, you know an excellent cutter. He had a, a really good fastball that had uh, two-seam action on it. And um, So in that World Series, Adron had actually, you had told me this too. Adron told me that 
Tony La Russa went in, in, went in the dugout and said, if we win game six, we win the World Series. He said he, he said it in Texas. Oh, in Texas. In Texas, yeah, in Texas. He said that if we was to win game six, we would win game seven. And that was kind of phenomenal, right. too, because he had, you know, as a player playing for him, it was like, you know, you almost believed everything he said anyway. You know, Tony LaRusso La was a, you know what I'm saying, one of them, a, a friend, too. You know, I used yeah. to go into his locker room every single day just about just to tell him how he always used to want to hear how did I, my career coming up, you know what I'm saying? So uh, when he said that in that locker room, if we win game six, we'll win game seven, it seemed so believable. And then for a game like that to happen, yeah. it was like, oh, man, it's destined now. You know, I almost wanted to run the bases for David Freeze when he hit the ball, you know what I'm saying? Like we, ha- we had to win that game. So and, and for us to pull it off, it felt like, 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 like EJ just said, it felt like we were world champions right then. Now, Edwin, of course, game six, I'm sorry, game seven, you guys win the World Series, and here's the call from the legendary Joe Buck. In the air to left, well hit. Back is Craig. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Hey, E, do you ever go back and, like, watch that? I know I do sometimes. I know my mom always tell me, boy, you can't live in the past. But a lot of times, you know, just getting that feeling, man, of just going back. Like you said, Joe Buck had one of the best baseball voices, it seemed like. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, being a part of that kind of – I mean, I don't even necessarily have to look at the pictures or anything. I just want to hear him say that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, I always go back. Do you ever go back and go watch some of that, you know, every once in a while? Uh man, I, I haven't watched it in a while, but when I see when I watch games, when I watch playoff games and stuff, uh it kinda takes me back takes me back to the memories and I kinda relive them, man. But every time I look at that ring, shit, yeah, that, that that's that's everything right there. That's that brings it. up all the thoughts. Everything that we need right there, you know. That that's that's reliving the moment. Every time I look at the ring it's reliving the moment, you know, how we came back and you know, how it's gonna be and I said that this game right here is gonna be one of the one of the most historical games in baseball, you know, that comeback right there. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it's up there on the list. You know, it's one of those one of those games when they start going through and they go through, you know, top 10 or top 20, you know, greatest world, I mean, world series games or comebacks, you know, that game six and the way we win it in game seven right is there. definitely going to be on that list. For sure. Now, of course, Edwin. Instant classic. <laughs> exactly right there as you mentioned Edwin Jackson talking about winning the World Series with the St. Louis Cardinals in 2011 alongside his good friend uh, Adron Chambers who had you know had hosted that trophy with him so when when Alan Craig makes that catch what was going through your mind running on the field and celebrating me or Edwin because uh well, I already, no, sorry Edwin sorry yeah because I Alan, already know what I was feeling I, I, ain't, I, I ain't need to thank I ain't I, need to do nothing I, Mr. Jackson I was coming here. from the bullpen I was coming from the bullpen all I think he's done is like hey we world champions, you know. That's what you play for. That's one of those, it's one of those things. And um, I mean, we had guys on that team that's been playing baseball for years and years and years that have never won a World Series, you know. And just to see that emotion and, and to see the excitement and you know to know that we brought a championship to a city, lifelong experience, a lifetime experience. One of those things that you can't take away, and you can't. It's, it's hard to relive it because being in that moment. It was it was so surreal, you know. 
and for all and for all the people that's that, that's listening or wondering, uh, I said that you was in the in the dugout looking. Uh, uh, we had to go in the extra innings. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I went. I went. I went. I went to the bullpen. Exactly. I went to I went. I went. I went. I went. I went. I went. I year in the major leagues and he had already been there 20 years you know what i'm yeah. saying and that was his first world series and my first world series so you know going through that seeing guys like him be resilient i mean i, I don't think he came out to the to the game into the seventh inning or something like that you know what i'm saying he was but excellent, yeah. he was ready at every moment he went out there and i think people like him just like chapman this past uh with the with the cubs you know what i mean we rolled people like arthur rose we rolled people like chris carpenter exactly well not yeah, we, we rolled mark too oh yeah he was very good he, he he the one who helped us get through prince fielder to finish off the story of edwin jackson's career we're going to move over to when he uh, went to play with the Washington Nationals and helped bring them over the hump and bring them to the postseason for the first time in history. That's coming up next on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Hey, this is Edwin Jackson, and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 39 of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079. We are in our final segment, still talking with Major League pitcher Edwin Jackson, who threw a no-hitter, was an all-star in 2009 in the Major Leagues with the Tigers, and also won a World Series with my co-host, the man to my right, Adron Chambers, in 2011 with the St. Louis Cardinals. So, um, just almost to, to wrap things up, we're talking about the playoffs. A year later, you had signed with the Washington Nationals. In 2012, you helped make... You know, it was their first playoff appearance in, in organization history uh, going back to the Expos. So their first time since they moved from uh, Montreal to Washington. What was that like to, to help bring that team over the hump and finally bring them to the postseason? Man, that was, um, that was, that was one of the funnest times, man, because you have an organization that hasn't been in the postseason in, in a while. And a new city, new field. I mean, uh, yeah, it was relatively new city. You know, new field, and I swear, every out of that home, every out of the playoffs <laughs> was like screaming, That's screaming, right. screaming. The so loudest. Was, I mean, you have you have a, a crowd. You know, you have a crowd that's been waiting on this. So it was, I mean, it was super exciting. And then to be on the other side <laughs> of you know a comeback. So and, and I'm like, dang, like I'd have been on a I'd have been on the good side of this and. Watching it happen from the other side is like, no, it's not gonna happen. I mean, we had a three-run, three-run lead going into the ninth. I mean, I pitched the eighth. I gave up a run, and we went up, went into the ninth with a three-run lead. And you know, we thinking we're getting ready to go play San Fran. We ready to play San Fran because we have been playing San Fran real well all year. Yep. In fact, we probably wanted the team to play them the toughest all year. They was running through everybody, and when they played us, we gave them trouble. And um, and we sitting there ready, 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 ready to go to the next round, and 
and St. Louis does it again. They strike again. And <laughs> I'm on the other side of it this time. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag Pete Cosma base you know? hit to right field. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Daniel Descalzo, too. You know what I'm saying? Come, you. Exactly. I mean, Come, hit up the middle. All with, all with two outs. Exactly. All with wow. two outs. Hey, hey what, what was the name? Everybody having two strikes. Yeah. What was the name of that restaurant we went to, though, man? <laughs> I forgot. What was the name of that? It was like some Bill Cosby. He said he went. They said Bill Cosby went there or something like that. What was the name of that restaurant? Oh, you remember? Ben Chili. Oh, Ben Chili. That's what it is. Okay. I, I still got that yeah. picture, man. I keep that picture close really? to me, too. Yeah. And, and Ben Chili Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well... I mean, it's a good times. Oh, not- most definitely, most definitely. That that whole experience, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, that crowd was so loud the entire game. You know what I mean? He talking about the 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 the, the Giants. We thought we had them too, because I think we were up that next series three to one, and they came and the Giants with, won the World Series, and they came yeah. back and beat us. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I feel them on that, man. I, they they really. We thought, I mean, I mean, a little bit. When you're down by three runs, you know, you kind of feel like, man, what we got to, you know what I'm saying? But when you got Carlos Beltran and, you know what I'm saying, Pete Cosmo on your team, I guess, you know what I'm saying? Pete Cosmo. Anything can happen. I remember, uh, and, and just to, to, to almost kind of wrap things up, Edwin, if I remember uh, I remember Pete Cosmo hitting that, you know, that base hit in the right, and I'm thinking, who the hell is Pete Cosmo, <laughs> to be honest? Right. And, yeah. then, and then the next season he had brought them as a shortstop to the World Series. Um, but just to, to finally wrap things up, we move over to, to the offseason where you landed a, a big deal with the Chicago Cubs, four years, $52 million uh, to sign with the Chicago Cubs. Finally, at the age of 28, Edwin, you get that contract that after being dealt so many times by, by so many different organizations and, and, and being, you know, uh, you know, testing free agency, you finally get that big contract after a solid season with the Washington Nationals. And I mean, what was your mindset going into the offseason, finally getting that deal, and, and how satisfied were you with it? With it? Um, I, I mean, I was happy to, you know, to be able to, you know, to be stable. You know, um, I know I signed a four-year deal, so I'm like, okay, I might be, be somewhere where I can go in and I can settle down for a while. I don't have to drag the family around, you know. So, I mean, <clears throat> when you have stability, there's nothing like stability in a game, you know. Kind of, the kind of knowing. I mean, you never always know for sure, but just kind of knowing that you're gonna be somewhere for a while, and that you're not gonna have to pick up one year after being there and bounce around. So, I mean, it was good, you know, to have some stability. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't go in and necessarily pitch like I wanted to. And uh, I know a lot of people ask, well, maybe did you have pressure or this or that? And honestly, I didn't. I wasn't pitching with any pressure. It was just I had two terrible years. I had two terrible seasons. Uh, those two seasons probably the worst seasons of my, my baseball career. And, um, I mean, I, I manned up to it. There was no excuses. There was no, you know, um, <clears throat> no making excuses of why I was pitching bad, which is one of the reasons I think, like, I couldn't be buried like they kind of wanted to bury me, possibly, because, I mean, I, I, I was, like you say, I was accountable for all my actions, you know. And the time where I did turn it around, I went to the bullpen, you know, and I didn't necessarily – Look at it, look at that as you know something I wanted, but I took yeah. it for what it was. You know, I wasn't the first person to be out of a rotation into a bullpen, but I had something to prove the last year and the, the year that you know I kind of feel like I bounced back is you know the year you get DFA and you out back there again. But I mean, like I said, that's the game of baseball, and you know I was fortunate enough to go go to Atlanta and continue pitching well for the rest of that season. Hey man, I. I... 
I, I appreciate you so much, man, and everything. I like how you, where you come from. You come from a sincere place, you know what I'm saying, of really being able to express how you feel and, and what you talk about. So I want to ask another question before we get out of here is, uh, what could we do in the inner cities to help promote baseball for un- and un- to help them understand that baseball is another possibility or to, uh, uh, avenue to gain knowledge you know what I'm saying for uh, and use baseball as a tool for life you know what I'm saying like instead of I know where I'm from a lot of people look at baseball as not being a real big sport but what could you tell you know what I'm saying some inner city kids whether it's in Pensacola or Chicago or even here in you know Ottawa what could you tell them or, 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 or say to them uh, to a to a, 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 a place where they're trying to develop young players what could you tell them uh, to help them improve in, in wanting to play baseball? Man, I think the biggest thing is, is knowledge, knowledge of the game. Uh, I know a lot of people ask that question, what can we do to improve baseball in, in the cities? And, and for me personally, I think if you want to improve baseball in the inner cities, you want to reach out to African-American communities Most about definitely. baseball, then it's going to take African-American players going out and personally being hands-on, you know, um, easy to do it from far away it's easy to do it here and easy you know to do commercials and things but it's no response like you get to hands-on you know like 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 for this for instance the camps we do if we did that camp and we weren't as hands-on yeah. those kids wouldn't you know get as much from it as they do right and I, and like i say i mean you're talking about it's an expensive sport first of all it's not like basketball. It's not where fo- like football where a lot of things are, you know, right there, you know, for you. Baseball is an expensive sport. Baseball in a lot of places is a year-round sport, so it's constantly playing in those hot places like in the South where it's hot all the time, constantly playing baseball. And it's just one of those things where I think it's just it's the knowledge isn't there. High school, you go to high school, football, basketball, where all the crowds at. Right. And, and, and as a high school teenager – you want to be popular. You want to. You want to be recognized. You want to be acknowledged. You're gonna play the sports where people acknowledge, and that's and that's basketball and football. Most households, parents grew up playing basketball or football, so it it pass it get passed down to the kids, you know. And like I say, I think it, it takes it takes us as African American players going out and personally reaching out to these different places, going out holding little camps, holding little free camps for kids, you know. Yeah. And, um, I mean, even for me, my parents, you know, there's a lot of times they spent their last dime for me to go to baseball camps. They mm-hmm. spent their last dime for me to go to a travel ball team, you know. And it's just one of those things where it takes a lot of sacrifice. And, unfortunately, a lot of families and households don't don't have, you know, the finances to be able to support the game all the time. So I definitely think it, take, it takes a big effort from us as African-American players reaching out and, and personally touching out touching these kids to, um, you know, teach them about the game, you know, enlighten them about things that baseball has to offer. Man, and I and I <clears throat> going going back to like you said, your mother and your father, man, sending my regards and Erica and the kids too, man. Uh, that's real right there, and that's what it's gonna take. It's gonna take the knowledge of the game, not necessarily any money or anything like that. It's just getting the the information out there. Like I said earlier about you know Satchel Pages and you know what I'm saying all of these guys that played in the Negro League and stuff like yeah. that, man. Really getting that kind of information out there because I mean the athletes are there. 
You know what I'm saying? I go back to my hometown. Yeah. There's kids all over the streets right now in Pensacola, Florida, that can be stealing bases or diving for balls easily. You know what I mean? So that's most definitely what's up, and uh, and I appreciate that, and, and and that's what I'm gonna try to be more, do more of, of uh, and and that's why I'm actually on this show right now, getting that kind of information out there, and, and really trying to let mm-hmm. people know and see that you know baseball yeah. is a beautiful, beautiful sport. That's it. That's the game. Absolutely, and that's uh, Edwin Jackson. There you have it. Edwin Jackson uh, played for 10-plus MLB organizations over the course of his career, still playing baseball, and is now playing with the uh, the uh, the San Diego Padres, I believe, la- the last season you'd played with the Marlins and the Padres. Once again, thank you so much for joining us on the show, talking about your career, sharing your experiences with myself and Adron. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you. Edwin, thank you so much for taking the time. All right, no problem, fellas. Y'all take it easy and enjoy the day, man. That was Edwin Jackson joining us here on Around the Diamond, played for 10-plus MLB organizations, was an all-star in 2009 with the Detroit Tigers, threw a no-hitter against the Tampa Bay Rays in 2010 and also won a World Series in 2011. I want to thank Adron Chambers, my co-host, for joining me and also hooking me up with this amazing interview because they played together in 2011 with the Cardinals and actually got to celebrate the World Series and winning that World Series in 2011. One of the most historic World Series in history and one of the best Game 6s ever with David Freeze hitting that triple to score Berkman and Albert Pujols. But that's going to wrap up Episode 39 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. We're still going to try to get some really good guests on this show. We're still getting up there, still uh, you know, getting the word out about you know baseball in Ottawa like Adron was saying. But that's going to wrap up this show. You can follow me on Twitter at Diamond underscore Dante to find any past episodes. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.